Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Oh, yes. Wow, God's in the house. Spirit of God's here. Bindi, come on up here for a minute. Bindi told me something exciting this morning. You tell us what you told me, what happened last Sunday. Oh, okay. Um, last Sunday, um, Pastor Ross had a word for someone who's, um, their bones are like orthopedically, they're older, much older than their biological age. Um, and he sort of said from trauma. And I had a car accident 17 years ago and broke everything except my back. And so by the grace of God, I got this far. And then a few months ago, um, the doctor said to me, I was in incredible pain. I was on Tramadol and I was on Endone and I was on Lyrica and I was on it for three months. And they said to me, you know, we're going to have to do spinal surgery on your C567. And I just said, I can't do this, Lord. You know, I've worked 17 years cooperating with you, God, on my body to walk at all in Jesus' name. And, um, and I was just hysterical for three months. And then I was standing in the prayer line at Aquaview and Lisa Takon, I was telling her, yap, yap, yapping about it. And she just put a hand on my back exactly where it was and started to pray. And I started to feel, you know, less fear and a bit better. But the crunching at night, I was too scared to even move. Or if you wanted to talk to me, you had to go like this. And then when Ross got this word, Pastor Ross, I thought, that I know that's me. And so I came out the front and because of all the injuries, the Holy Ghost can do whatever he wants, but he's not taking me down. I am not going down because I can't get back up, number one. And number two, I'm too scared. There's too much pins going on, you know. And, and so that was my great idea. I'll come up. But, and then I was on the floor <laughs> for the whole service, like from the altar call till everyone was gone. And I had a blanket on, thank God. I was freezing. And, and when I came to, like, I didn't say anything because, you know, I'll be honest with you, healing is not my high point. I've got some good ones, but that's not one of them, the whole God healing thing. And so, um, and so I just went home. And for the whole week, I was like, you know, and sleeping on different pillows and, and doing all these things and sleeping on my side and things that I couldn't do. And um, I have no pain and I have... No, not much clicking. And when I went to the doctor, the doctor said to me, a re-surgery, she said, whatever you're doing, keep doing it, she said, because it's working and you don't need surgery. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God. Remember, we're doing a series on the gifts of the Spirit, and I preached on gifts of healing last Sunday night. And so the Holy Spirit just shows up and shows that He is the mighty mighty healer and this morning I was talking out at morning tea time and one of the guys that's been coming to church for about 12 months he was in transformations for a while and then he's uh, gone on with his life and doing great and he said I got prayed for a while ago for my back and he said I had lots of pain and problems and he said about four weeks ago he was in bed and he reached over to grab his bible to do some devotions while he was in bed and he said his whole back just clicked and went crazy from the bottom to the top and then he realized all the pain was gone and for four weeks, he waited four weeks to tell me, and he said, it's all gone. And God realigned his back as he reached over to grab the Bible to do devotion. I thought, how awesome is that? <laughs> God prayed in church, and God healed him in bed at home. You can't put God in a box. Let me tell you, 
The Holy Spirit loves us and He wants to just bring healing into people's lives. And just before I preach tonight, there's, there's one or two people here tonight and you've got a torn muscle or muscles in your body. You've either had an accident or a car accident or you've done it damage and it's been torn but it's not healing properly. And the word God gave me was a really unusual word. He said the muscle has actually been spread and it's not joining back together properly. Wow. Who's that tonight? I just know there's one or two. Glenda, who else? There's, uh, yeah, come on down quickly. I just want to pray. It's such a specific word. I know that God, God couldn't, I couldn't even make that up. I couldn't even think about it. But that's how the Holy Spirit works. A word of knowledge. One, two. Who else? Just come down front. Holy Spirit, just some of the team come and stand around. Some of the ladies come and stand around them. And guys, just come around and join faith. Come of the guys as well. Yeah, come on down. Jesus. Folks, we're not spectators here. We're participators because it's faith. There's faith in this house. Pastor Andrew Evans was here this morning and he, he preached and spoke and we had lunch with him. He said, there's a spirit of faith in this house. He said, the anointing of God's in this house. And he travels all over the world and he said, there's something happening in this house. Now, that's a very specific word and I want you just to reach up and receive right now. Congregation, reach your hand out towards him. Let's believe. Father, I release your healing power right now. I release your healing power over her body, those muscles, those nerves. They must come into line and I pray that they would join back together and be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed. Be healed in Jesus' name. And I thank you right now for your healing presence. Lord, you would just join together every muscle, every nerve, ligaments, you must join together. Where they've been disconnected, you must join together now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, let your power just go through a body right now. I can just see the power of God just traveling down your arms, down your legs, down your back, down your neck, right now. Your healing presence in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray just for a rest over her, just a peace over Haley's body and over her mind now. I lift off every oppression and depression. Jesus' name. I release right thinking and peace in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for it, Jesus. Just let him touch you for a moment. I saw a battle between some people's hearts and minds. When we come to the supernatural, we talk, talking about the gifts of the Spirit and the supernatural. Some of you hear these tests and think, well, that's awesome for them. And your heart and your soul is saying, wow, that's got to be God. But your head's arguing, saying, I don't know how to connect with that. I don't understand that. Therefore, you're caught in this battle between head and heart, between reasoning and spirit. And I believe God's calling some of you to step over the line and just receive from your spirit and your mind will catch up as time goes on. It will be renewed and start to catch up. Oh, Jesus. Chris Gollop, just want to give you a word. I saw three words over the top of your head tonight as we were worshiping. I saw hope, healing and strength. Hope, healing, and strength. I'm not sure what they mean, but you will know. Hope, healing, and strength. I just want to pray a prayer of blessing on you. Jesus.
I don't know if you're battling any health challenges or I know you minister healing to others, but I just see hope, healing, and strength. And I see a cry within your heart for more of God. You just don't want to settle where you are. There's something in your soul saying, God, I want more. I want to flow in more. Father, I just release that right now. Lord, you see the beautiful spirit of faith over, and I just pray right now, I release that hope. I release your healing in her and through her, and I release strength over her right now, Father. Just divine strength. Lord, fill her emotions and her mind and her body. Lord, where she's been drained or tried to be weakened, I just release strength right now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And I see it just filling her soul and mind for the challenges that you're facing. I just see the strength of Almighty God filling you right now. Oh, Lord, and I release it to overflow your family. I release it to overflow your family right now, right now. Hope, healing, and strength is for you, but I see it touching some of your family members in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for it, Father. Just let it flow. Let's just reach up to heaven for a moment. Thank Him for His grace. The Holy Spirit is so personal. He's so real. And you make room for Him. He just comes and speaks to your life. He brings freedom He brings revelation and wisdom. Things that you're trying to understand with your own head, He will come and touch your heart and He will help your mind line up to His thinking with the mind of Christ. Maybe you're a new Christian here and you're saying, wow, I can feel God in the place. When we start to sing, I just feel this charge of energy and that's the Holy Spirit's presence and power. And He wants you to learn to respond to it Just like when you go to the gym, you exercise a muscle. He wants you to learn to feel comfortable and enjoy and get strong in the presence and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray tonight as we teach again on your word, let your spirit overflow us. I thank you for drawing us into your kingdom purposes in Jesus' mighty name. Everyone said? Give someone a high five and let's take our seats. Wow, isn't God good? Wow. Okay, we've been teaching a series on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Most people can quote the nine fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, meekness, temperance. But when we ask for the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 12, some people sort of start on them and then they sort of stumble. They think, well, there's prophecy and there's uh, healings and miracles. And, but God wants us to know them so well and to live in them, not just to know them with your head, but to live in them. So we've uh, been teaching the last few weeks at various services on uh, the three um, revelation gifts. We have uh, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, what I spoke tonight, that's a word of knowledge, where the Holy Spirit just downloads to me something I wouldn't naturally know, and it can release faith. It can touch people's hearts, and that can happen in a church service, It can happen in a life group. It can happen in your own family. It can happen while you're at work. You're just talking to someone and saying, God, what's going on here? And all of a sudden, something comes in your heart. And you just know. He gives you a vision. gives you a flow of spontaneous thoughts. And all of a sudden, and often we we explain away and we, we, we we ignore often when the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. 
He's just nudging us. He's just giving us a thought or an idea that you weren't thinking about. And it grows strong in your spirit. I want to encourage you to learn to hear his voice and to respond and say, Holy Spirit, what do I do with this information? Sometimes he'll give it to you just so you can pray for the person. Sometimes he'll give it to you so you can maybe deliver it to the person. Sometimes he'll give it to you so you can maybe share with someone else in leadership or authority so that they can have wisdom to know what to do with it. Having wisdom to know what to do with it is as important as hearing the message. Otherwise, you can um, sometimes um, blow people out of the water because they, they just don't get it. If you're talking to not yet Christians, don't, don't become all spiritual and say, whoa, I'm just getting a download from heaven and God's just giving me this word for you. They're going to freak out saying, what are you on? But just in conversation, say, hey, I was just thinking about your family. How's things going at home? Because the Holy Spirit's already given you word that there's some major issues. So you do it very naturally and they, they start talking. They go, well, hold on. How come you're talking about my family? Because they've just had a crisis the night before. And, and it can be so natural, but it's like the Holy Spirit opens people's hearts up and life can flow. So we've done the word of knowledge, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. Then uh, we talked about the gifts of healing last Sunday night. And tonight we're up to number five, which is the working of miracles. Hallelujah, working of miracles. What is the working of miracles? The working of miracles is a special endowment of Holy Spirit power over natural laws and circumstances for a specific time or purpose. So it's not just healings, it can be all other things. I'm going to look at a few Bible examples to, to stir your faith. And these don't happen every day, but they happen when you need them or when your faith is there or something significant needs to break through. And it's so exciting when they happen, but God wants us to be open for them because sometimes people don't even open their hearts or minds to it. The working of miracles. It, it's used to display God's power and magnificence. In Young's Concordance, the Greek word here is called powers, which means explosions of almightiness. Whoa, I love that. Explosions of almightiness. God's the almighty, powerful God, and every now and then he just brings an explosion of it into your world, our community, into our nation, and we need a few of them right now across our nation, hey. We need some explosions of almightiness to shake the, the craziness that's going on in our world so the truth can be seen, so people can see that our God is a mighty, powerful God. And so we need those explosions of almightiness. It means impelling, staggering wonders, and astonishment. Putting these meanings together sounds like this. The working of impelling, staggering wonders or astonishments or the outworkings of explosions of almightiness. That's what the working of miracles is. And every now and then God will do them by his power and grace. And uh, it's so exciting when they happen. And we're going to look at some in the Bible. It's full of these. What about the uh, walls of Jericho falling down? That was a working of miracles. How could that work? A, a walled city, they said the walls were so thick they could drive chariots around it, so it was many metres thick, and they'd walk around it for six days. Once on the seventh day, God said walk around it seven times. It was probably a kilometre or two, so man, they had to be fit by this time. They were doing maybe 10 or 15 kilometres walking that day. The trumpets are blaring, bringing praise to God, and he said once you've done the seven times, and you can imagine the the Jerichoites, the guys on the towers looking out saying, these guys are mad. 
wonder how many months this is going to go on for. And so they're just walking around. And on the seventh time, on the seventh day, the trumpets blast. They let out a great shout of Almighty God. And the walls collapsed and fell down around it. And, and I've heard some people say, well, it, was, it must have been in a valley and the echo of all them shouting must have been enough to bring the walls down. You can't explain that naturally. That was a working of miracles, however God did it. A few big angels started pushing on them. I don't know what happened. That was a working of miracles that, that broke open that whole city and that was the beginning of the people of Israel taking over the promised land. Sometimes God will do working of miracles at the beginning of a project or a breakthrough. He will do supernatural things because God knows they come. Let's look at a few others. Moses, in Exodus chapter 7, verses 10 to 13, God has spoken to Moses to go to Pharaoh and to show him some miracles to get him to release the people. So it says, Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and did just as the Lord commanded. Aaron threw his staff down in front of Pharaoh and his officials, and it became a snake. So a staff's just a big stick they used to use. So he throws it on the ground, all of a sudden it's, it's a writhing snake. That would have got your attention. Pharaoh then summoned some of his wise men and sorcerers. So the witchcraft guys came out. And the Egyptian magicians who did the same thing by their secret art. So they turned their sticks into snakes. And now we've got this incredible battle going on. Who's, who's the strongest and who's the most powerful? Each one threw down the staff. It became a snake. But Aaron's staff swallowed up their staffs. Woohoo! His snake ate up all their snakes. And these guys are looking on thinking, whoa, look what's going on here. And then Pharaoh's heart became hard and he would not listen to them just as the Lord said. The story goes on that God spoke to Moses. Now reach down and pick up your snake. As he reaches it down and picks it up, it turns back into a stick. My question is, is the stick now fatter because it's got a few more snakes inside of it? <laughs> I'll have to wait for the videotape of heaven to see how that one looked. <laughs> there was 10 amazing supernatural events that happened, plagues over Egypt and how that was the wealthiest nation in the world, but they, they shunned God. They worshipped all these false gods and the 10 plagues that came were each one to confront and destroy one of the gods that the Egyptians worshipped. They weren't picked at random. They worshipped all those things. Hard to believe that they worshipped flies and, and all those other things, but they did. They worshipped the Nile River, so it turned to blood. And they worshipped the sun, the sun god, the Egyptian sun god. So God closed it down for a few days and it was darkness. He destroyed the power of all of the evil works of darkness by miracles, working of miracles. How about uh, Elijah in 1 Kings 18, 31 to 39? We've got the amazing story where Elijah's up on the mountain with the prophets of Baal. 400 of them, 450 other guys there, 850 of them all up against one man of God. The odds aren't real good, are they? No matter how good he was at karate or whatever he had, he got 850 to 1. So he gets them crying out to their God to bring down fire from heaven to consume they're sacrificing the altar. No matter what they did, they couldn't do it. So then Elijah, he says, God, you hear my prayers. So he got, he got all these buckets of water and tipped over the sacrifice and all around. He had a big uh, moat of water. And so he said, put some more on. So three times they absolutely saturated this whole thing. And then he says, God, 
you're the almighty God, send down fire. And fire came from heaven and just burned up the whole thing in front of all these tens of thousands of people. That is a working of miracles. That's a supernatural event. We see another one in Elisha, 2 Kings 2, 13 and 14. Elisha um, took over from Elijah when he went to heaven. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him. Remember, Elijah went up to heaven in a fiery chariot. That would have been a scene and a half. Why don't they make movies out of this sort of stuff? Instead of all this make-believe stuff, this, is, this would really set things going. And so Elijah gets taken up to heaven. They're walking together. Next minute, a fiery chariot and horses goes between them and takes him up to heaven. And his, his cloak falls out of heaven as he's going up. So he grabs it. And look what happened next. Second uh, Kings 2, 13, 14. Elisha then picked up Elijah's cloak that had fallen from him and went back and stood at the brink of the Jordan River. He took the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and the left. The river stopped flowing and he walked through on dry ground. That's a working of miracles. The children of Israel went through the Red Sea. The water stood up on the sides and they walked through on dry ground. That's a working of miracles. And we see them right throughout the Bible. I love this one, the widow's oil that multiplied. This one always stirs my heart. 2 Kings 4, 1-7. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord, but now his creditor is coming to take my two boys as his slaves. Elisha replied to her, How can I help you? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said. And she thought, hold on, I do have something. Sometimes when God says, what do you got to give? We think, oh, I don't have anything. I don't have much. And we think that about our lives. And he says, well, just give what you got. So she thinks about it. And she says, except a small jar of olive oil. Now, in those days, olive oil was very valuable because that's what they cooked with. And it was a very valuable, they used it for anointing people, for healing, for medicine. And it was used for a whole lot of things. So she had a tiny little bit of olive oil left. And that was all they had because there'd been a famine. And they were about, she's going to lose her sons to sell them into slavery to try and pay her debts. And so this is what the prophet said. Elijah said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside and shut the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all the jars, and as each is filled, put it to one side. She left him and shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her, and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, Bring me another one. He replied, There's not a jar left. Then the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. What an amazing, amazing story of a lady who had just a tiny little bit of olive oil left. And God said, just go and get a pile of empty vessels. That didn't make any sense. And well, what's the point in moving that little bit from there into a bigger jar or vessel? In her natural mind could have stopped it right there, which is why most of us don't see the working of miracles. Because we just explain away when God tries to get us to take a step of faith. And she's saying, well, that doesn't make any sense. 
but what have I got to lose? I'm about to lose my sons anyway. Sometimes God will come. Someone will say, well, he comes at the last minute. He doesn't deliberately make life tough, but sometimes that's the only time that we're desperate enough to really listen to the Spirit of God because we think we can sort it out ourselves up till then. And so she gets the sons, they go knock on all the neighbours' doors and say, you got any spare bottles and any containers and jugs? And, and they're trying to find everything they can. So and she starts pouring. And do you imagine as she started pouring the first drops? And she's saying, God, I hope, I hope something happens. Otherwise, I think God in his grace said, close the doors. They didn't want to have the news media there filming this in case nothing happened like we would today. Close the doors because God knew that her faith was pretty shaky. He said, close the doors and, and I'll show up in your desperate moment behind closed doors. How often has God visited us in our bedroom when we're crying and overwhelmed or in our home when there's crisis in our family. Or in our office when we've got all these bills and not enough money and we're just saying, God, help me. Or in our, when there's a sick child and we don't know what to do, whether to go to the hospital or to give them some medicine or what to do. God and His grace will come sometimes behind your closed doors because He loves you. And He won't, he won't embarrass or shame you in front of all the other people. How awesome is our loving Father? And so she starts to pour. And then she realized the more she poured, the more that kept coming out of this little bottle. Now, it doesn't make any sense. How can, how can you pour oil and it keeps multiplying as you pour it? That's a working of miracles. It's a supernatural. It goes beyond the natural capacities. So she kept pouring. And I reckon she said to the boys, hey, go and get some more. So they're running up and down the street, knocking on any door. What can I find? And they're grabbing buckets and bowls and anything they can find. They're saying, whoa, this is something awesome happening here. Until they'd run up and down the street and they couldn't find any more. And when the empty vessels stopped, the oil stopped flowing. There's a really powerful thought here that when we keep bringing hungry people to church, when we keep inviting people that are empty inside because they don't know the power of Jesus, they don't know his forgiveness. When we keep bringing people, the oil will keep flowing. That's why some churches say, oh, there's not much life happening in our church. I said, have you got any empty vessels there for God to fill? They said, well, there's not much happening. What's the point in inviting them? Well, if you don't invite them, then God hasn't got anything to flow into. And I believe that speaks about empty hearts, hungry hearts. Let's keep bringing them. Bring them to your life group. Bring them into your circle of friends that you can just hang out and spend some time and see how God will start to fill their hearts and he'll multiply what you've got. God's amazing because in the natural, when you give some money away, you've got less, less left. When you give away some energy or food, there's less left in your cupboard. With God, often he will multiply it. The more I give, the more he gives back. Someone say, oh, well, if I... If I spend all that time uh, praising and worshiping and practicing and, and doing youth alive and, and, and helping young people in need and family, if I keep giving that, I'm going to run out of energy. Yeah, you'll get tired, you'll have a sleep, get refreshed, then you can go again. I've found that the more I give out in the life of the Spirit, the more energy and fulfillment I get, and you sleep better, 
and you get energized again to go again. This morning, those of you, we had Pastor Andrew Evans here, a father in the faith. He's 82 years old. He preached twice this morning, and then we had lunch, and he's looking at his watch. I said, I need to go. I said, why? He says, i got to go to Mirabar and preach tonight. So he's up there preaching three times, 82-year-old preaching three times on Sunday. Don't tell me you haven't got enough energy. I said, wow, just keep pouring it out and letting it flow. We settle for so much less than I think, oh, I couldn't do that. I'm just worn out. Hey, we need to work with wisdom and our energy cycles, and I understand all that. But when you're serving God, it's amazing how that God just keeps replanting you as you keep sharing out your life and your love and your gospel. Let's look at a couple more tonight. I just love this working of miracles. I pray faith spins third in your heart. Some of you got impossible or very difficult situations in your workplace, in your family, and sometimes God wants to bring a working of miracles, something supernatural that's going to break it all open for His kingdom and glory. He wants faith to be there so it can happen. Hebrews, um, what about Jesus turns the water into wine? In John 2, that's an amazing story. It says, bring the, bring the big pots. So they bring these huge big containers. <coughs> Many liters, size. Peter was preaching on a while ago. There was five pots, wasn't there? And they had 30, was it 30 liters? 30 gallons. Gallons, so about 150 liters each. Wow. Awesome. Fill them all up with water and next minute they dip it in and it's turned into wine. They must have had a large group of guests there. Otherwise they bottled it and had it for a long time. That's a, that's a working of miracles. Your head can't sort that out. Hebrews 2.3 says, This salvation which was first announced by the Lord was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders and various miracles and by the gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So Jesus was confirmed as the Savior, the Lord, the Almighty God. How? By by signs, wonders, various miracles, and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed as He chose to. And some people say, well, if the gifts, if the Holy Spirit's going to distribute them, I'll probably miss out because I'm not that spiritual and I don't really deserve them or I wouldn't know what to do with them anyway if He started to use me. Don't think like that. There's a whole lot. The gifts are given so that we can be more effective and more impacting in our lifestyle and our, in our faith. The supernatural, we need it to reach people for the kingdom of God. We sometimes say, well, how come we're not impacting the, the, the world like the early church did? It says they turned the world upside down. One of the reasons is because we haven't really allowed the Holy Spirit and hungered for Him. It says to desire earnestly the spiritual gifts. Make room for it. I've found that moving in faith and the spiritual gifts is like a muscle. You've just got to use it. If you go to the gym and you work out, if some of us, we don't do a lot of gardening, and every now and then we think, oh, mate, we've got to get in and clean those weeds. So we get out and dig for about three hours, and you can't move for two days because you realize all these muscles you haven't used for months. But if you are, if you're a, uh, a physical worker and, and you're doing that sort of work regularly, it's just normal day's work. You're a bit tired, you get up next day, but you're not aching all over for days. It's the same in the spirit realm. Some of us, 
Just don't exercise what God's already given us and shown us. That prayer of faith, that sharing, that believing that God can and will do supernatural things. I find the more I release it, the more powerful it grows, the more accurate it becomes, and there's an overflow of the Spirit of God. He, he uses me more and more the more I step out and do it. The enemy will say, well, you prayed for that person, and they didn't get well, so you might as well give up. I was talking to Pastor John Lewis last week, and Oral Roberts, for some of you know, he was an amazing man of God, saw thousands of people healed. Someone did some stats on his crusades, and they must have counted how many people he prayed for. At one stage, they said only 4% of the people he prayed for got totally healed. You think, well, what a terrible percentage. But boy, he prayed for tens of thousands of people, and there were thousands of them that were healed. You think, well, that's not a really good percentage, so what's the point in doing it? Well, everyone that got healed and all their families, they're pretty glad he didn't give up. <laughs> he did, you know? And I think, God, and that might, well, probably was early in his ministry, and I'm sure that percentage increased. You say, well, why doesn't God heal everyone? God's supernatural. He knows what's the best way to bring people into another level of faith and relationship with him, and what's the best way to get praise to him so that others come into the kingdom. We can't reason all that out. What about feeding of the 5,000? Mark 6. We know the story. Thousands, 5,000 men plus women and children. They've been out there all day. Some travel for days. They're famished. And the disciples said, Jesus, time to send them home. This sermon's awesome, but hey, if we don't stop soon, we're going to have, we're gonna have a, a riot on our hands. They're a long way out of town, out in the, out in the uh, bush. And Jesus said, you feed them. And they said, hey, what did you say, Jesus? Did we hear you correct? You feed them. We came and asked you to sort this out. And, we, and he says, no, you feed them. This guy said, no. So anyway, they thought, well, what are we going to feed them? So they went and sort of checked around. And they found one boy. Says he had five loaves and two fish. And they weren't big loaves. They were little buns. I heard one uh, commentator who didn't believe in miracles. They said, well, they were big loaves. I said, come on. <laughs> well, this kid carried two whales and a whole bakery with him out in that <laughs> It takes more faith to believe that than to just to believe that Jesus can multiply the food. And so, so that's a little boy. The second miracle, the, the biggest miracle was the boy released his lunch. I don't know what the disciples promised him, but anyway, they got the lunch out of his hands and he gave it. And so Jesus then prays and blesses it. Then he gives it to the disciples. He says, share it with all the people. And the indication is it didn't multiply until they actually started handing it out. So these guys, there's 12 of them, they had about two-thirds of a fish, two-thirds of a bun, and a quarter of a fish or something to start with. And they'd like the woman with the oil thing, this is, this is crazy, this is, we're going to get killed here. If we start handing this out, they're going to destroy us. They wanted to hang together, but they said, no, spread out. There's 50 over there and 100 there. And as they started to hand it out, it kept multiplying. And it says there was so much. Everyone got filled, 5,000 men plus women and children, and there was 12 basketfuls left over. I reckon there was, God gave one basketful to each disciple to take home and tell their family, hey, you wouldn't guess where I got this today. How awesome is our God? Oh, he's amazing. And so there's a working of miracles. I mean, you'll see a pattern here in a minute. What about walking on water? That's an amazing working of miracles. Peter walking on water with Jesus. That really does my head in. 
I've got big feet, and sometimes I've thought when I was when I was getting big, I could walk on water, but no, you just go straight to the bottom. I've watched young men who think they're full of faith, and so they try to walk across a pool. So they run really fast from the edge, and they sink by about the third step, you know. It just doesn't work in the natural. You just can't do it, you know. But Peter walked on water with Jesus. That's a working of miracles. There's recorded stories of that um, in missionary journals where they've been attacked and they've walked across rivers because that was the only way that they could escape. Because, you know, I've read missionary stories. I've been in Vietnam and, and uh, India and talked to some pastors. They tell you some amazing miracles happen where angels show up and supernatural stuff happen. It is commonplace today in the body of Christ, but not as common in the Western world because we live out of here and we don't know how to live out of here and let the life and the faith flow through our lives. Paul, it says in Acts 19, 11, God did extraordinary miracles, not just amazing miracles, extraordinary miracles through Paul, that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. His leftover hankies were taken, his sweat cloths were taken and whoever had touched, they got healed. That's a working of miracles. That is unbelievable. One more, Acts 5, 17 to 20. It says the prison doors were opened. It says God opened the prison doors one by one and they were all set free. What about Paul and Silas praising? Next minute the earthquake comes. All the prisoners' chains fell off all across the prison like that. Just to wrap it up tonight, I want to look at a couple of things. If you've seen a pattern here, if you want to see working miracles, there's a few things we need to just cooperate with God with. Number one, you've got to give God something to work with. It might be a confession of your mouth. It might be something small like the the boy's lunch, it might be the woman's little bit of oil. Whatever it is, just release and surrender to God what He asks you to do. Whatever that is. It might be you're up here singing or playing and the Holy Spirit says, just start to sing out that song by faith because I want to bring healing and a miracle to someone's life. Your singing or playing might be the bridge to open their heart. It might be just giving a little gospel. It might be just giving the words of a song or a book to someone and they read it and that's the beginning of a mighty miracle in their life, the power of testimony. Secondly, you need some faith and expectation. You don't believe it's happened. There's no way it's going to happen. But you say, God, you stir in my heart. I believe that if I just give you this, or if I pray that prayer of faith, or if I keep doing this consistently long enough as Pastor Andrew taught us today in persistent prayer and not giving up, God rewards faith, diligent faith. Thirdly, you've got to have obedience. So if God speaks to you something, you just got to do it. Your head might be screaming and say, this is crazy. But if you know that you know that you know it's God, and sometimes it's just little things, it's amazing what God can do. And fourthly, we've got to learn to receive by faith. Sometimes we just don't know how to receive. I reckon God's got bucket loads of miracles up there, and He's just waiting for us to receive, but we don't know how to receive. He's saying, just come and receive. There are financial miracles everywhere, and I'm sure we miss out on some of them. There are miracles of healing, 
supernatural breakthrough, the atmosphere to shift in your whole office, some strongholds that have been over your family for generations. Who knows? It might be God wanting to break that through your life and your prayer and your declaration. The Spirit of God is so powerful. And the Holy Spirit says, I want to teach you. I want to show you how you can walk in a much greater realm of the supernatural. And often working of miracles is for other people. Often we get the overflow, but often it's for others. Because God wants to demonstrate His kingdom. I want to encourage you. The working of miracles. I believe we're moving into a significant supernatural season. Oral Roberts, that great man of God, used to have a song at the beginning of his ministry broadcasts. Expect a miracle every day. Expect a miracle when you pray. If you expect it, God will find a way to perform a miracle for you each day. I don't know if we need a miracle every day, but boy, it'd be awesome. I think the sunset this afternoon was an amazing miracle. Families that get talking to one another that haven't talked for years, that's a miracle. Someone who's finally able to forgive what was a devastating trauma in their life, that's a miracle. But sometimes there are crazy supernatural things that we're going to see. I'm just crazy enough to believe that our city and our community is going to see some amazing supernatural things that are going to shake this very city, that are going to turn this place upside down. There's some financial miracles I believe are going to come that we can build our home for the harvest. They're going to come so transformations can buy their, their facility. There are miracles going to come so the families that have lived in poverty are going to find a way to be released and live in a home and provision to come in the name of Jesus Christ. We've got chaplains and ministries and breakthroughs we need across our city and our community where the enemy has ruled. We need to see the kingdom of God demonstrated where people say, there's no way that can happen. That has to be God. Has to be the work of the Spirit of God. And who knows? It might be you might be the catalyst. Some of the great, greatest moves of God have happened when one person or a small group of people have just done what God told them to do. Doesn't that be weird or wacky? It's just obedience to the work of the Spirit of God. And I believe the Holy Spirit's going to teach us how to flow with Him. Let's stand in His presence. Oh, Jesus. Being born again is a supernatural event. It's the greatest miracle of all. I love seeing lives filled and born again. Our God's a supernatural God. One other thought, don't expect God to perform miracles to rescue you from your crazy, sinful lifestyle. That's what Samson did. He was out committing adultery, and then he would cry out to God's strength, and God would perform a miracle and get him out of trouble so many times. That's not a really good way to live a life of supernatural miracles. God was gracious and brought breakthrough. But don't misuse the power and opportunities of God. Let's treat it with great reverence with great honor because this Holy Spirit power is so awesome. I've seen God do some amazing things in my life, but I have learned to treat it with honor 
and reverence and grace and power. When the Holy Spirit starts to flow, you, you can walk through a crowd and the Holy Spirit will be telling you on the right and the left what's happening in all of their lives. You can misuse that really quickly or you can use what God gives you for His kingdom glory. Oh, Jesus. Just close your eyes. Let the Holy Spirit just touch your hearts. I just want a stirring to happen more. Where we hunger for our God. The gifts of His Spirit, the supernatural. We don't go after it to be spectacular and say, well, our church has got this happening. This is about lives being changed and Him being glorified. And the Holy Spirit distributed as He determines. But He's looking for vessels of faith. He's looking for people that are willing to respond and surrender. And like I said, the greatest miracle is for salvation and forgiveness to happen in lives. Maybe tonight you're in this place and you felt God's power as we were singing. You felt His presence as we've been praying and speaking. Maybe you've never really opened your heart to Jesus. Or maybe you have someone in the past and it's time tonight to say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. I'm going to open my heart and let you change me because I know you're a God of power. Maybe you've somewhere prayed that prayer, but you've never done it publicly where you say, Jesus, I want you to be Lord of my life. Jesus always called his disciples publicly, not to embarrass them, but so they could stand up and be counted for the kingdom of God. And this church is a safe place for you to encounter Jesus. I'd like to pray before we finish our sermon. If you have never opened your heart to Jesus, or you need to come to him or come back to him tonight and say, Jesus, I want you, I want all that you've got for my life. If that's you, just lift up your hand where you are and say, please, please come into my life. Just lift it up and say, that's me. I want to surrender or come to Jesus or come back. Who's that tonight? Just lift it up on high. That's me. I feel the Spirit of God tugging at hearts. Quickly tonight, God's calling you right now. He loves you so much. He's drawing you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Spirit of God's calling people. Oh, Jesus. Maybe you're saying, I need a miracle in my life. Why don't you take a moment and ask God about that? There's some people and you've been trying to break smoking over your life. There's someone here and you've had a gambling addiction and you sort of get on top of it and then it comes roaring back and just undermines you and it's been destroying your finances for years. You need God's help to break that cycle and the reason that it's there. Oh, Spirit of God. Why don't we reach up to heaven just for a moment before we finish. When we say, God, I'm available. I'm available for you to flow through me. Lord, I'm available for your spirit to work in and through my life. Lord, if you choose to do some miracles through me or through my prayers of faith, God, I'm available. Cleanse my heart so that I will not misuse your power, but Lord, your spirit would overflow. Your spirit would overflow. There are some people here, you need a miracle of healing or breakthrough in your life. Maybe your head is just... I talked before, there's some people in your head always just tries to explain away the supernatural. But your heart's getting sick and tired of that because your spirit's saying, no, just surrender. Stop trying to reason it out. Let your heart respond and I will renew your mind. I really feel that strongly for some people here today. There's some people here, your engineers or your educated, your professional people, and you wrestle with the supernatural because your mind says, well, I don't understand it. You will never understand all the things of God because He's supernatural, but He's full of love and power. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.